got a girl now, so it's so like you can use it. <laughs> I only know that man through um, exchanges on Instagram messaging. I don't know Me too. anywhere outside <laughs> of that. And it's literally like just... I'm going to send you this because it's funny. He's yeah. like, I'm going to send you this because it's funny. Yeah. No context, nothing. I have that plus context. <laughs> I have no context whatsoever. And I don't hate it. It's okay. fine. Um, Welcome back. Last the- week was a flop. What do you think this week's going to be? I don't know. This is going to be a whole fucking roller coaster. Because what we have to talk about is so unlike each other. Okay, I'm going to start <clears throat> with the most annoying part. Um, So a couple weeks ago on Netflix, this huge anticipated show came through, right? Kaleidoscope. And the cast seemed pretty great. Un- honestly, like the only person I knew there was the main character. Yep. I still don't know his fucking name. I just know his face. Yeah, because he was in Breaking Bad. And <clears throat> let me look it up and not be an uncultured swine that I am. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that that reference was from Mr. Potato Head to Mr. Pig, so it's oh. all good. I can't spell kaleidoscope to save my goddamn life. My cockdamn life. Your cockdamn life? Cockdamn life. <laughs> kaleidoscope. Miniseries. Okay. Oh, thank God it's a miniseries. Um, Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. Sir was in... Everything. Breaking Bad. The Usual Suspects. The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Godfather of Harlem. Okay. Now, the other recognizable face, Rufus Sewell. Mm-hmm. Um, the Illusionist, The Knight's Knight, Tale. Knight's Tale is yeah. the most uh, yeah. I know him from. Uh, oh, and then obviously Jay Courtney. Oh, I didn't know that. Daddy, where you at? Daddy, where you been? <laughs> He's been in Kaleidoscope. Um, <laughs> and then Tati Gabrielle. She's also lately been like an up and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. little cutie pie. She was, um, oh God, who was she? Hold on, yes. She was in You and on Uncharted. She voiced in the Emoji movie. But in You, she played Marianne in the last season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that she escaped to, like, yeah, yeah, London yeah. or France or whatever, and then Joe followed her. She's also going to be in the next season of You, which I'm um, um, Well, yeah, he followed for. her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peter Mark Kendall looks familiar. Not sure from where... Oh, the Americans. I don't know who that be. Yeah. And then, uh, lastly, um, Hemke Madera. Yep. You know this motherfucker. Yep. He plays a Mexican in everything that he's ever been in. <laughs> Okay, so kaleidoscope the centered fuck around. Is it about? I'm gonna tell you right now. Centered around the largest heist ever attempted, oh, the, yeah. a vengeance and betrayals that surrounded. So the the reason why this show was so intriguing, right? Because the way that they were promoting it was like you could watch it in any goddamn order, right? As long as you ended with the white episode, you could watch it in any order, and the story's still gonna make sense. So what did you watch it in? I watched it in the order that it came in because yeah. bitch doesn't have fucking time to pick and choose. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, I started off with black because black is like an introduction. Mm. It's kind of like a forward on what to expect and and how to proceed. Okay. So I started with episode green, and then I went into yellow, and I bailed at yellow. How it, many are there? Um, I think it's like seven, seven, eight. Mini series are usually like that. Yeah. 
Uh, at the top. At the top. Oh, is it? Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Right uh, no, it's not. It's just this mini series. Oh, nine episodes right here. Oh, okay, nine episodes. And and black isn't really an episode. It's just an introduction. Like I said, it's literally like a minute long. Not even. Yeah. And some of these episodes are anywhere between twenty five minutes and forty five minutes. Okay. All right. But by episode, I'm going to call it two, but it's technically three. I was over it. Really? Yeah. So episode green starts off seven years before the heist. And then episode yellow is like six weeks before the heist. And I think I'm just going to come to terms. And again, this is something that I discuss a lot with um, Christian whenever we work together. Whoa. She's hungry. Your stomach is stops. <laughs> <laughs> She's hungry for Jai Courtney. Damn. <laughs> so, action movies. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Spy movies and heisty movies are just not my bag. They're, they are not your bag. I just can literally give absolutely no fucks about that. So, is this your traditional, we're going to make this plan... We're going to steal this thing. So they were looking at like a billion dollars a piece with the biggest. And this was like a heist that was like 25 years in the making. Yeah. Okay. And immediately what I got thrown off with, right? So like when you start off with, I'm bouncing around. I'm so sorry. So in, in green, Esposito has been in prison for the last like 17 years. And... His weird little hobby is to carve things out of fucking soap. Okay. Right? Okay. Right, because you can't do woodworking in jail or in prison. <laughs> what does this look like to you? Um, His cellmate is a dealer of sorts within the prison. What he deals is um, SIM cards uh, yeah. that he gets from a girlfriend on the outside. And then it walks you through, like, how the girlfriend gets the SIM cards and... How she gets them into the jail and all this shit. Which I thought was a little creative. So she has press-ons where she glues the SIM cards to. And when she holds his hand, all the press-ons come off. Because Ah. it's just that shitty glue. Yeah. And he sells them in jail. He reminds me of um, Huey. Oh, really? Yes. Because he kind of looks like that actor. Okay. Right? It's also the same kind of vibe. Not as cowardly as Huey. A little more ballsy. I mean, let's talk, like, be serious. He's in prison. Yeah. Um... Jay Courtney is clearly his girlfriend's side piece outside. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. That's the dynamics there. Uh, really fucking annoying. Like, I wanted to punch him in the face immediately. That's good acting, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It's just, like, what really got to me was, so, in the very first, like, that green episode, he's trying to escape from jail. He somehow comes into the possession of the imprint of a key to a certain door. Okay. To get outside of jail. Okay. And he carves it out of soap. Very Andy Dufresne of him. (laughs) That would never fuck. It's a heavy duty lock. You're putting a piece of thin soap and it was like a lot thicker than your normal key. First of all. Yeah. I see what you did. Yeah. But soap crumbles. And he managed to get out using that goddamn bar of soap. <laughs> so do you That's see... That's one way to use the soap on a rope. <laughs> D- 
do you see? And this is like, Manda, we're 15, 20 minutes into the first episode. And I'm already like, no, that's not real. Yeah. That's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. You're giving me Fast Furious vibes. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, nothing seems enjoyable to you. This No. 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 What is, it was just, what, it, what are they stealing from? Is it a bank? I think so. Yes, it's a bank. Um, is there anything original? So there? Tati is his daughter, Esposito's daughter, right? And they have not communicated since he ever got locked up or whatever. But she works for a security company that she does. works for banks. So by her company, so her company was trying to sell their security to this major bank, and I believe this takes place in New York. So sorry. You are all noises yeah, today. I am. And um, so she's basically hired by her own company. They were like, okay, so the company that this bank has right now, we want to make them look bad. So they hire us because this is a major bank. So they make Tati. That's not her name in the show. I just don't care. Um, <laughs> so basically Tati's. Um, Boss. Yes. Gives her. And I'm going to spoil this. I'm going to fuck because it's. Oh, I just don't like it. He's like, okay, I need you to break into their bank and steal your shit. The fuck? She manages it. She manages to get herself into the biggest vault in this fucking bank and steal like nine bars of gold. And then comes back to the head of the bank and she's like, I would have gotten away with more if these weren't so heavy. And the guy was like, oh, I guess my security ain't shit if you got through with it. That's actually a movie. Of course it is, Manda. Everything is a movie. Everything is a show. It's called Sneakers. <clears throat> I Robert Redford. It, it's actually a really I think, good movie. I think it's, I don't know. It's the amount of time in the movie that goes into, like, planning the heist. Yeah. And then the day comes of the heist and you have your shit together and things go awry. And, oh, my God, we didn't see that coming. We didn't prepare. <laughs> yeah and then half your team dies so then the other half gets a bigger cut or like in the town all of you fucking die yeah because that's what really happened in the book and not in the movie we all know what that is. so i just I like you want to read that book it's so fucking good i haven't i don't know why it's I haven't. so fucking good fucking it's good. fucking good mate so i just so this I'm, is a no for you no i just i'm not impressed even um what was that one with uh that they were magicians? Oh, now now you see us. Yeah. Even th- that's a heisty thing. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it wasn't really a, a plus for me. I think the only heisty movie that I well, it wasn't even it was the town. It was I just I remember reading the book, which was called The Prince of Thieves, and it was so much better by Chuck Hogan. Hogan. Um it was so fucking good. And maybe that's what it is, is, like, that to me was so good that everything else is shit. Yeah. I mean, maybe you just don't like the formula of a heist, a heist movie. Yeah. Or maybe it's just because I saw that one and I liked it so much that, like, I just now see the pattern. Because like, it is. It's a fucking pattern. It's it's like you said, it's a formula. So it's like, nothing's going to change. Yep. Nothing's going to change here. You're, you're going you're gonna to plan for months. You're going to have all your shit together. And you're going to do a test run because that's what happened here. They were like, oh, we're planning on selling $7 billion, but we don't have like 300 grand for like equipment that we need. So 
they rob on 47th Street, I guess. It's like it's like a jeweler yeah, yeah, yeah. corner. Like all diamond sellers live yeah. on 47th. So they basically like rob every inch of 47th. And that's how they get their money for their heist. I don't know what happens after because I stopped. Um, so you plan, you do your test run, it goes great. You prepare for the day, it happens. Shit goes sideways. You're not prepared. And either you get away with half your team or you're half dead or you get caught by the police and it's death by cop. Mm-hmm. Nothing will shock me. Yeah. The only, like, last heist thing I ever loved besides... That was my water bottle. I know. <laughs> besides La Casa de Pepeo. Yeah. Was Baby Driver. I don't even know what the hell that is. A great movie. Hmm. For you. <laughs> For me. I, just, I can't. And it's the same thing with spy movies. I They don't really do those not. nowadays. Exactly. It's just but like bond. the Mission Impossible. Which they're making another one. I'm like, the stop giving Tom Cruise money. The 007s. Those are sexy though. Even... Those were a Daniel legacy. Craig, fine, sure, whatever. But like, that's about it. But like, even like the newer stuff. What was the one that Ryan Reynolds was in with Dwayne Johnson? It's it fairly new. Yeah, on Netflix. Didn't really nothing new there. Nope. You know what I mean? The Gray Man I found great because I loved the yeah. dialogue and I thought it was funny. And Christian gives me shit about that because he's like, I can't believe you fucking like that movie. And I was just like. I can't resist Chris Chris Evans in slacks, loafers with no socks and a mustache. I'm sorry. If it was anybody else, I wouldn't have. No, I wouldn't have. Yeah. And and then he's like, oh, but fucking um, Ryan Gosling doesn't say anything. And I'm like, that's literally the best part. Yeah. Is that that man doesn't have to say anything mm-hmm. to fucking be a great actor. But anyways, Ooh. I'm not going to jump back. Have you seen it. his movie Drive? He talks about that all the time. He's obsessed with that movie. He's like, I wanted to be Ryan Gosling so bad when I saw that. And I was just like, I'm very surprised. But he did bring that up. He's like, that's like the best Ryan Gosling movie ever. Because it doesn't talk. Yeah. That's literally what he said. I was like, yeah, he doesn't say much. So what he doesn't want to listen to Ryan Gosling, he just wants to look at him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Christian, who, who's but like, that? But like, I I remember watching Gray Man and, and I was like, I know it's acting, but like, this motherfucker was getting punched in the face and he wasn't even flinching. And I was just like... <laughs> so hot all of a sudden like oh shit but um yeah it's kaleidoscope is a no for me i have i'm gonna dnf i'm never gonna even st- uh start you might <laughs> like it i don't know it's just uh no no i'm good i'm dnfing okay not going back so uh my turn I, i'm intrigued by that yes okay christian said he was gonna watch i christian needs to stop coming up on these fucking <laughs> conversations but it's literally we talked to about movies besides you me. and him. Yeah. yeah, he said he was intrigued by this and he wanted to watch it. Um, has he yet? Do you know? No, because that was yesterday that I talked to him and he said that. And uh, I remember saying, "I was like, oh, give me an update. Me and Amanda are going to talk about that tomorrow. And if there's no cannibalism involved in this, I'm going to be really fucking pissed." I can't tell if you're smiling because I'm going to be really pissed or because you're apologizing. All right. Well, all right. So we're talking about the menu. It's technically still in theaters, but I watched it on HBO. Um, the cast, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Ray Fiennes. Fire. Immediately. Oh, 
Well, always. Immediately. Um, Voldemort, hello. Um, Miss Anya Taylor, or uh, oh. Anya. It's, it's different. Um, it's Anya. Taylor Joy, who's everywhere now. Fire. Mr. Nicholas Holt. Fire. Uh, Hong Chow. I'm not sure where she's been she's in. She's hot. Who cares? John Leguizamo. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, and I think that's it for the known fa- Yeah, that's pretty much it for the known faces. Because our, our main... Can you go back a little bit? What? I just want to see. Because our main character here is uh, Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt and Reeve Fiennes. Oh, I know that guy. I've seen him in other things before. Yeah. I've seen him in other things, too. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. I've seen him before, too. Okay. All right. Um, All right. So I see what we're working with. Mr. Uh, Fines. Yeah. He is obviously, like, like Gordon Ramsay, who? I was going to say, is he like Gordon Ramsay? But he is, he is, but not to the um, yelling point. He's, like, the very strict... Stern, like the chef from Ratatouille. Yeah, that yeah, <laughs> that's on point. Okay. Um. So the whole like premise here is that there is an island, and all these uh wealthy people are invited, or they pay to. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> I didn't sneeze last week. I know. Um, that's why I said welcome to the show. So everyone is. On a boat, and they're going to this island because the island is self-sustaining restaurant. They have like goats, chickens. They grow they a bunch of veggies it's off the land. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the menu because we're taste taste. This taste. is this is a very culinary focused movie. Yeah. Um. So it's basically um, this chef has prepared like a menu with like six courses or something ridiculous, and um, it's uh each one has a shocking surprise. Because it's like the chef found out. This is not. This is not a spoiler. It's like the plot. The chef, uh, Chef Slowick, who is Ray Fines, he finds like the dirty little secrets of all of his patrons, okay, and kind of like presents it in in the dish somehow. So, I want to interrupt you for a second. What? Um, I feel like we are probably gonna miss a lot in this movie unless he explains every dish to its full detail. He does explain each dish. Okay, because I remember when we were watching Servant, how mm. it was so focused on foods because one of the characters in there was a chef mm. and he was trying to make odd things fit together. And it was so food concentrated that if you didn't know about culinary things, you missed a lot on the show, which is why I was put off by it afterwards because I feel like I was missing a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's what's going to happen here. I didn't get that. Okay. Vibe, but yeah, he like describes each dish, but no, it's not it's very obvious. Like um for instance, he does a, uh one of the courses has like uh tortillas. Okay. And there is uh an image. I saw that. Yeah. I did see that. So like that's a one way that he like came out with a dirty secret of somebody. Um but it's funny because Nicholas Holt's character Tyler is like the quintessential millennial foodie, and he's tasting everything. He's like, "Oh, this is." He's giving. doing the swirl of the yeah. wine and the like the, the fuck gargling and, and shit. But he's like not in the culinary world. He's just a fan of it. Like he's like there was a food. Also, critic you're there. twenty years old, and this chef is like yeah. in his fifties. Shut the fuck up. And I was like, "All right, so you kind of hate him, but he's mm. and like, pe- there's things happening, and people are getting hurt, and he's like still eating. Like he's still savoring the dish." 
Like he's so. I did see yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so is this menu more? Is it more because of like the culinary stuff, or is this guy just trying to expose everybody that he's invited because he's holding a grudge? Um, he, it's that, but it's also a lot more. Like it, it has to do a lot with the chef's personal life as well. Okay. But this whole movie takes place on the boat in the beginning, and then on the island. So. No. Yeah. I'm not going. Well, no. Um, let me go back to my notes here. Yes. I don't know why, but it worked. <laughs> Is what my first note was. <laughs> like the premise sounds so weird, but then like it, it worked. Like, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if it was because of the cast. I don't know. It just seemed to work. Um It seems like it's a very low like it's like a humming tension mm-hmm. that's like building. Yeah. Throughout. And of course, every any time like I wouldn't call it a thriller, but it kind of is because... Is it like men? No. <laughs> no, I didn't mean in like... Oh, oh. Just in that feel. Yeah, but a little bit more lighthearted. It's not as dark. Okay. But like the, that element is like if people try to leave because they're upset, mm. um, there are people like uh, the bus... Bo- like the... They, they bring them back. Oh. So, because everybody needs to finish all the courses. I, I did... I do yeah. remember... Um, so I also said it's like a really slow burn. Not a lot happens, like mm-hmm. action-wise. Full of people eating. Kind of odd. And it was also not very satisfying. Unlike his dishes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was hungry more than anything. I'm starving it. right now. <laughs> um, but the great, great cast, Rafe was phenomenal, as he mm-hmm. always is. Mm-hmm. And it's a great testament to why therapy is important. Oh, my God. And I will leave it at that. I'll think about it. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what what Christian's going to say about it. I'd be curious because if he's a movie lover, I got to know because I don't know if it was just me. Was it was I don't know. Was if this it, a flop for you? No, I mean, it was extremely well done and the characters all made sense. Did you enjoy it? I won't watch it again. There it is. Yep. I feel like it's good when you're like, dude, I want to fucking watch that shit again and I'll yeah. never get tired of it. Yeah. yeah. It's been a hot minute since I felt that way. I'd watch Bullet Train again, but that's about it. Maybe. Actually, oh, that's sure. true. I did watch that like twice. It was fun though. Honestly, I'm I'm rewatching Sons right now. Of and I'm bouncing between that and New Girl. Well, you know Depending me, I'm on still mood. on New Girl. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. All right. So we're gonna wrap this up then. With something that's not new. No. Um, so I like Hold up. Is this your first time watching this? So I partially watched this movie and I just never finished it. Can um, you can you remind us what year this came out? Because it's been a hot That's what year. I'm gonna look for before I say. 2009, starring Rachel Weiss, Mark Wahlberg, Sersha Ronan, Susan Sarandon, <sighs> Stanley Tucci, Michael Imperioli. Uh, Rose McIver. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I literally could go on. Um, Mark Wahlberg with that hair. Like the parted 1970s middle. 1970s hair. Okay. Yeah. So The Lovely Bones, based on a book. Um, let me just read this for you. Centers on a young girl who's been murdered and watches over her family and her killer from purgatory. She must weigh her desire for vengeance against her desire for her family to heal. I'm going to start off with. That didn't look like purgatory to me. That looked... it. I guess the in-between is technically purgatory, but when I think of purgatory, it's not a pretty picture. Thank you, Supernatural. Yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah. 
It's not a good place. In my head, purgatory is like nothing. Like yes. there's nothing. It's um, just nothing. <laughs> their interpretation of purgatory and heaven, I don't agree with. Um, again, I feel like when I think of like the Christian religion and heaven, what makes the most sense to me is the way that Supernatural interpreted it. Oh, 100%. That God is soulless, mm-hmm. that heaven is your own thing, and yeah. I pray to whoever and whatever is listening, if there is a heaven, that it's 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 like Dean's, where like he went to a place where he's familiar and comfortable with, and the next moment that he saw his loved one was literally a car ride away. Yep. Like, I don't want it to drag on. Like, I don't want time to be what it is here. Yep. I want it to be like, I go to bed and I I wake up and my family's there with me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. Okay. So, I don't agree with any of this. Oh, no. Um, It was, it was very... Uh, colorful, whimsical, very uh, dreamlike. Uh, I mean, she is a child. Yeah. So, I guess a child's version of heaven would be like a big, huge playground. Yeah. Um, it's very... I don't want to say... Um, it's not realistic. <laughs> no. Well, I don't want... No, that's not what I meant to say. It's that's, just, like, out of this world, like... No, and, and I mean, I guess it's... I mean, Rainbows and heaven puppy t- dogs. But that's what... So, Kira the other day came up to me. She goes, Mom, I had the best dream ever. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the first time any one of my kids tells me about their dreams. So, I was like, okay, what did you dream about? She goes, I dreamt that Amelia and I had the same shoes. And I was like... Oh. And it literally opened up my perspective into, like, because I always thought, like, what do kids dream about? What do babies dream about? Mm. Like, when a baby is sleeping and he's smiling, is he dreaming because there's a boob in his face and he's about to get dinner? (laughs) (laughs) But that also could be the dream of a grown man. So, it's like, you never know. (laughs) You never know. So, I would assume that a child's interpretation of heaven is probably, like, going to, like, Chuck E. Cheese or Disneyland. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas ours is probably, like... I'm trying to hang out and no bills on mine. You yeah. know, I don't got to be nowhere. Yeah. I have no responsibility. Yep. yep. So it's it's all about your perception, and that's fine. I just did not like this perception. Okay, continue on. What'd but you, she's, an op- she's an optimistic girl, so her heaven is very bright. Now, there is a girl in the living world who's kind of, like, entering her life as a medium, like, she's discovering it. So, it's the girl that everybody thought was weird. Mm. And her first interaction with a deceased soul or a soul is um, Susie. Mm. So, she's kind of, like, in tune sort of with what's going on. Now, Uh-oh. I just don't understand. When oh, I'm stressed, my poor face. She's rubbing the face, people. I, when, so whenever I drive the kids to and from school, I sometimes drive past parents who are walking their kids to school. And I will never understand at the grocery, at a store, walking around, I'll never understand how you as a parent, and I'm sorry if this seems judgmental, but how you as a parent could walk in front of your child and not be concerned with what they're doing behind you. I am either walking beside my child or Or I have eyes on them. Yes. So you can imagine my pure shock and anxiety 
when this fucking family has sat down for dinner, they're literally serving each other plates and they're not really worried as to where Susie is and why she's so fucking late to dinner. Knowing that- That's a big red flag. She's supposed to be home after school and- the sister was like, oh, she had this class or this thing after school. Oh, okay. Oh, no, she went to the mall. And, like, the movie does open with, like, oh, this isn't something that parents had to worry about at this point. Like, I was one of the first of, like, the missing children that made parents scared. Because back then, when the neighborhood kids were playing, neighbors had eyes. Somebody had eyes on the kids. So, like, nowadays, I came across this TikTok where the mom was like, let them play the video games. Because going outside today isn't what going outside was when we were kids. Yeah, that's very true. The fact that I could walk all up and down Tower Hill with my sister, unsupervised, between the ages of like 13 and 15, riding bikes, my children aren't allowed to go outside. Yeah. It's funny because my mom grew up in the 70s. And she said when she was in kindergarten, she would walk to school by herself with her brothers in Lowell, Massachusetts. Absolutely fucking not. (laughs) You're not allowed to walk half a mile down to the fucking Walgreens. Nope. No. No way. A bus stop? I'm waiting with you. Mm-hmm. And I will be here to pick you up. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No. Even, like, at the school where, like, Kane can walk Kira to the car, but Kira's teacher will wait until she has eyes on me and then sends my kids. And I fucking panic. From the moment they leave their teacher to the moment they get to my car. Because if there's a blind spot and I can't see them immediately, I'm like, they're gone. They vanish from the earth. Yep. I don't take my kids to the grocery store because I've heard one too many tales of kids being snatched from carts. Yep. My kids don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Unless I have one set of eyeballs per kid. Two sets of hands per kid. I can't. So I was so angry this entire fucking movie i'm like you're sitting there serving fucking beans and pork chops and your child is dying in the bottom of a fucking cornfield your child's dead and it was messy mm. because did you watch this mm-hmm. yeah, i read so, it too so you know i never read it so you know it was messy when Susie's already dead and i just remembered who made this Peter Jackson. Yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Of L-O-T-R fame. Yes. So, you know it was messy and gruesome and violent when she's running through her house and then she comes up, like, up to the bathroom and Stanley Tucci's in the fucking muddy water in the tub and the room is covered in dirt and he was blood. so great. Oh. And he was just, like, his face was covered with a washcloth, but you could tell under there that he was just savoring everything reliving and just getting off on it was so disgusting oh my god it was so gross i'm so glad they didn't show any of that what do you mean show it like what he actually did to her oh yeah that was actually a big controversy because it described the rape in like in the book that never made it and peter jackson was like no no so we were protected back then. Yeah. And it's it's crazy to me that like the heaven or purgatory that Susie's in is made up of his victims. Like that to me, that grosses me out because it's like, and I guess it like that's the whole point. Like it's supposed to hit you or whatever. But 
I'd actually be very curious to see what your thoughts are on the book. Because obviously you know the book is better. Yeah. But it, I did hear that it ended a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but it's still essentially the same story. Right. But it just describes everything in... In disgusting so detail. I will tell you, this is the book. So it was like my first year of college and I was in Boston and that's when Borders was still a thing. It was a Borders on um, Newbury Street okay. in Boston. And uh, I would go in there. And because I was college and I was broke, I didn't buy the book. <laughs> oh, you were going in to read it? I it sat it and I read half. And then went back the next day and I finished the other half. It's small. Not really. Oh. It's like 300 whatever. Oh, it's a but basic novel. Okay. Because I was a first year, I had a lot of time. <laughs> okay. So I literally just sat there and read for like two, three hours. Okay. And, um, which you're not supposed to do, but I no, did it anyway. No, I was going to say. I was like, and I would put the book back and then I'd go back the next day. Yeah. Anyway, uh, good times. That was the one I read and I fucking devoured it. Because it was, because it was, I mean, it was dark yeah. as fuck, but it was so well done. The cover is very light and gentle too, isn't it? It's yeah. very, yeah. um... It takes you by surprise. I'm gonna I'm gonna download it to my Kindle and I'm I'm probably gonna read it just so I can see the differences. But the most frustrating part out of all of this was definitely the fucking ending. So it was it really did a good job for a, you know back in a time yeah, where look like at that fucking yeah cover. dude it's light blue it looks like a romance novel yeah it looks like not that big of a deal with uh with her bracelet like that her charm bracelet yeah, yeah. um so. I was, what the fuck was it? Oh, so it did a really good job at honing in on what a child predator, like, this was the best depiction of a child predator I've seen in any movie. Mm. Yeah. Ever. And I don't know. It was like a combined effort of the director, the writer of the script, obviously the author, Stanley Tucci himself, but like. It was sickening, yeah. It's just the way that they understood the ritual, the reliving it. Mm -hmm. When I fucked the bracelet, like, I was like, okay, this is gross. Um, Then he got rid of the bracelet only kept the house. The way that they took it even a step further and they had him sitting in front of the safe where he fucking shoved her body in as he fucking twirled that little house in his hands. It just, like, you might as well just whip your dick out and jerk off, dude. Because yeah. it was just, it made me sick. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I was, like, taken aback by it because this movie is almost 2009. Is that what I said? So then the ending comes. It took me. <laughs> 25 minutes to get through a three-minute ending. Really? Because the sister finds the book. Mm -hmm. And, of course, mom comes in. Mm -hmm. They get the police, but this motherfucker dipped. Mm -hmm. You threw the fucking safe into a sinkhole. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, I don't know why I thought that that sinkhole was, like, solid at the very bottom. And then when I saw that shit sink, I was like... Frustration to the extreme. Yes, I know. And then the next breath, he's almost bald. So I'm like, oh my God, it's been years. 
you're still doing this. But that's the truth. That's what happens. And you're getting away with this. And, like, I'm so glad that that fall hurt you and it broke you and it killed you. But I'm so fucking mad that that's the way that you went. It was the most unsatisfying thing. I've, it's like, you know when. (sighs) She's getting frustrated. Okay. Picture this. I was at church one day. Right. I know. Left healed. And I remember I was young and I was summer and the person in front of me, like, I was just like, obviously as a child, you're not really paying attention, but then something caught my eye. He had a little tiny inchworm. On his suit? On his shirt that just kept, and everything in me wanted to like. Pick it up. Yeah. But I didn't know him. So all I could do is sit there in my anxiety and hate every moment of it. Yeah. Or like when you're talking to someone and they've got a booger hanging on, they don't know. Or they've got something on their face and you're like, how, how do I tell them? Yeah. And, and this is one of those things where I wanted to jump into the fucking yep. screen and yep. shake everyone. Yep. Because you know what, Mark Wahlberg? You know <laughs> what? You're shit. Yep. You and your wife. Yep. The only one who made any fucking progress here was, was a, a sister. sister. Yep. All of you fucking suck. Yep. Oh my god. The ex- I remember the anxiety because obviously it's been many years since I watched this movie. Um, but I remember the anxiety when her sister was in his house <gasps> and he came home. And the close up of the yeah. And he's just like and he's just kick. I was like, oh my god, they dragged. Yeah. <gasps> and yeah, that really, was anxiety. When she was running away and she jumped over the fence and she showed him the book, I was like, I would have much preferred the this middle, middle finger. <laughs> but yeah. like. It was just, that was so shit. Yeah. That was so shit. It's supposed to be. (laughs) And this, my freaks and freakier people out there that are disgusting, this is what a movie should Should do. do. Yes. This is what, it needs to hit you in here. James Cameron was like, oh, we should go back to movie theaters. It's not about that. No. Because whether I had watched this movie on my phone, on my computer, or on the big screen, it was going to leave me feeling the exact same fucking yep. way. Yep. If it only makes me feel something when it's on the big screen, it's not necessarily the movie. It's the energy in the room. And yeah. regardless of the energy in the room, the movie should make me feel something. Mm-hmm. Anything. Mm-hmm. That's why even when movies... So when movies are a flop, but they make me angry, you did your job. But if you yeah. were a flop and you left me indifferent, like the pale blue eye, yeah, that's just not good. Yeah, yeah, I see. It. I because the only time I actually like felt jazzed, yeah, in a movie theater, I think it was it was a tie between Dark Knight and um, Godzilla, the one that came out in twenty fourteen, okay. because. Because that was because the monsters were big, the screen was big, and then you feel all the vibrations. Yeah. And the sound was right here. Yeah. And you see all the details. Yeah. That was when that was good. Like that was like, oh. Now you go home and you watch it. I still love it, but it's not as good as when it was in the theater. See, my thing is this, right? So when we went to see the black phone. Yeah. That was insane in the theater. Oh, I know. Yeah. But I can still watch that today on my tiny fucking screen and still feel. See, this is what I'm saying. That's actually a perfect example. Because it's story driven, not visual driven. Yes. That pedophile 
compared to the pedophile from the Lovely Bones, the Lovely Bones still did it better. Oh, yeah. Like, it was disgusting what was happening on the black phone, yes. But I don't, I'm telling you, it was just, I it was the, the attention, the, yeah. the attention to detail and the way that Stanley Tucci just brought this shit to life. Because, ew, Ethan, yeah? Maybe it's because the kid lived at the end. I don't know. But, like, it just... And then to pair it with that fucking ending, like, you literally stabbed me in the chest. And then you twisted the fucking knife while you looked in my eyes, you bitch. Yep. Thank you, Congratulations. Yeah. That's why the last time I threw a book... Was Ronald Malfi's Little Girls. Oh. And I know that sounds creepy, but it's about, like, like a, an actual female girl and then a ghost girl. Okay. And um, the ending, oh, I was so pissed, but, like, in, in a good way. Like yeah. that. Like, yeah. it ended, and I was- It made you feel. Yeah. And I literally fucking just tossed that shit across like, the room. fuck this shit. But I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. I yeah. think that, like- so when I was saying last week, like, have we become desensitized? In part, yes. But I think it's maybe mostly just, and maybe Christian's right. Like, like movies are just leaning too much on, like, the visual stuff. Yeah. And you're you're just disregarding the story. And then I also remember, I forget what interview I was watching, but it was an actor who was basically trying to step into the director's chair. And they were saying how it, and it was a man, but I can't remember who it was, but he was saying how like, it's, it'll be a, it'll be some time because the good stories don't come to them. Mm. You have to go out and either seek a good script or it has to fall into your lap. And it falls into your lap. If you're Peter Jackson, Mm. James Cameron, Mm -hmm. Guillermo del Toro, Mm -hmm. Tim Burton. If you are, a monumental director, you're getting all the scripts. Mm. These guys down here that have that raw fucking talent to bring you back to the days where movies actually meant something are not getting the scripts. No, they're not. And and also... The system of how Hollywood works just needs to be changed. But (laughs) also as a director, you also need to feed your family. So you got to take whatever comes on, like whatever falls on your lap, you got to take it. Yeah. So it's it's frustrating, and I guess, like, it's just a new way of, like, understanding how movies work, but this shit made me, this got me all fucked up. I it guess me, so. The other movie that I downloaded, um, that I rented, actually, because I had to rent The Lovely Bones, and this is one that, like, I'll never watch it again, but for all good reasons, because it did its thing. Yeah. Alpha Dog, remember me? Lovely Bones is in the boat. Yeah. Almost that. Um, but another one that I downloaded was... Love and Other Drugs with Anne Hathaway and Jake Gyllenhaal. I've yet to watch it. I remember, like, she's sick or something. And he was like, oh, I don't care. We're still going to do this thing. And so they go into, like, a casual affair. But then it escalates or whatever. But I, I've never seen it before, so. I haven't either. It's ba- it, was, it was around when, like, the Ashton Kutcher and Kira Knightley movies. Not, not Kira Knightley. What's her name? She was in V for Vendetta. Natalie Portman. Yeah. So, like, Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman did a movie together. And then Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake did a romance comedy together. I was just thinking that. Yeah. So, it was was back when those movies... It was, like, romance comedy movies or romance drama movies. Back... Like, when the slew of those movies came out, that's what Love and Other Drugs is. Yeah. I remember that. Because I was, like, it's the exact same... I remember the cover. 
looked looked exactly like the one with Mila Kunis and yeah. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, in a bed together. In a bed, yeah. Back when Katherine Heigl and fucking Gerard Butler were doing their thing. Like, those times. So, I, I rented that one, so that's probably what's going to come next week. But, like, The Lovely Bones got me all fucked up. It Yeah, I remember when it came out, I was, like, devastated in the best way possible. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's a tough movie to watch. I, I just... Hey! <laughs> I can't say anything other than it got me all fucked up. It did give me a bigger appreciation for Stanley Tooch. Yo. Because... This is so different from anything that I've ever seen him in. I know. <laughs> if you guys want to watch a funnier Stanley Tucci movie, watch the, like... Oh, when did it come out? Like, 2000? Uh, the <laughs> Tim Allen movie, Big Trouble. I fucking love Tucci in that movie. I'm over here like, the devil works Prada. Well, no, this is, like, like before all that. I love all that shit. Oh, um, my God. Easy A. Before that. <laughs> I want him to be my dad so bad. Oh, I know. I love my dad. But he is great he a great dad. Yeah, he is. Um, I... I don't know. Let, let's end before we even, like, get in further rants. I just... Did. So, in other words, go watch Lovely Bones. Or don't. Or don't. It's just the ick factor. Like, it, it's like ick to the third degree. 10 out of 10 for the Yo, ick. Yo, it's like a, it's like, yeah, it's like a 12 out of 10 for the ick. Yeah. It, oh, God. And they did such a good job with the camera. And oh, what they yeah. focused on. Yeah. Like, every time the camera panned in on the house and him twirling it in his fingers, like. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Are you getting asked to reflex? You might as well just be sticking your hand down my pants. Yep. In the worst way possible. Because yep. that's what that felt like to me. Yep. Even just, like, the the close-ups on the safe in the sink hall. Oh, and it was like us. But, like, when he was sitting there in front of the safe, twirling the house, and the camera just, like, slowly panned yep. in on the safe, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Well done. <laughs> Well done, Peter Jackson. Oh, God. But fuck off. Fuck. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>